United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Afghanistan and the Taliban have evidently reached a deal to release two American university teachers, including a U.S. citizen. This in exchange for three Taliban members. That, according to President Ashraf Ghani in a live television address, noting that the prisoner exchange would free two American university professors, U.S. citizen Kevin King and Australian citizen Timothy Weeks. Uh, They were, by the way, kidnapped at gunpoint from American University of Afghanistan in 2016. Mr. Ghani also says that he was doing this somewhat reluctantly. Let's get some perspective on this and background with Scott Smith. Scott is the senior technical expert on Afghanistan at the United States Institute of Peace. The Twitter handle is at USIP. Scott, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you, Tim. Good morning. First of all, these two individuals, they've been in captivity, as I mentioned, for some time, three years now. Uh, what, What has prompted the release of these two individuals? Well, President Ghani gave two different reasons. One was uh, the humanitarian concern about their health. And we've known, I think in particular, that Kevin King has had some uh, health issues uh, that the Taliban themselves had mentioned. Uh, the other reason is also was directly alluded to by, the, by President Ghani, who said this was intended to facilitate uh, direct peace negotiations uh, with the Taliban. So on that second issue, the point is, are we seeing the first real move again towards the peace process since President Trump declared that talks between the U.S. and the Taliban dead uh, earlier in September. So I guess the other question is how involved is the U.S. in this particular maneuver? Reportedly, as you have noted, the uh, Ambassador Khalizad uh, had been negotiating with the Taliban over U.S. withdrawal, was also reportedly involved in this. Is that correct? Right. There are reports that he had been in Kabul. He had spoken with the key Afghan officials who had said that the issue they were discussing was... uh, prisoner release. So I think behind the scenes, um, he was rather involved. Uh, and, and again, uh, it might have been for the purpose uh, on his part of reviving the talks that had sort of have been stalled since September. So we note that this is a prisoner swap. I mean, we've got two people being released, but there are three members of the Haqqani network being released. And the question is whether they might just go back to their old ways and get back on the battlefield and keep fighting. Right, right. That's always a concern. Again, President Ghani in his statement said that there had been certain mechanisms that had been adopted that would prevent that from happening. And we know in the past, remember uh, when when uh, Bo Bergdahl, the U.S. private, had been released in another prisoner exchange uh, with five detainees in Guantanamo uh, of the Taliban, the condition was that they stay in a third country, in Qatar in that case. And there have been some suggestions that this might have the same sort of condition. They're kept away from the battlefield, away from the direct operations, um, but released from uh, Afghan custody. What effect, if any, does this have on Afghanistan elections? Well, we're in another one of these uh, Afghan electoral crises. The elections were held on the 28th of September, uh, six weeks ago. We still haven't seen any preliminary results. We are beginning to see certain candidates uh, reacting um, and blocking the electoral count process. So the question is, if if this is the beginning of a sort of a new peace strategy on the part of uh, President Ghani, will he be the president uh, a few months from now to continue that strategy forward? The second issue is that the turnout of this election was very, very low. It was less than 2 million compared 
for example, the $8 million in the 2014 election, which featured the same uh, two candidates. Um, so it's very hard to say that anybody who does come through this election with some sort of victory, i.e. the most amount of votes, has uh, a very strong mandate. They'll probably have around 1 million votes out of a population of, of 35 million. So it seems that some sort of more representative government won't be needed if there is going to be a negotiation process with the, with the Taliban. Scott Smith with a senior technical expert on Afghanistan at the United States Institute of Peace. Would you attribute the low turnout to apathy or to intimidation? It has to be a combination of both factors. The Taliban made very clear that they were going to target these elections, and we've seen that they have a capacity to, to do that. At the same time, you have the two main candidates being the two figures of this power-sharing government since 2014, uh, that has not really delivered. People don't really feel has delivered for them. So uh, between risking your life to go out for voting for two people who haven't delivered, uh, it's not that surprising that the turnout was was uh, as low as it was. Scott, a question about something that's not really related to this particular issue, which is the prisoner swap, but something that came out, a report from the State of Global Air, a research group, which says mm-hmm. that 26,000 deaths can now be attributed to the pollution problem in Afghanistan, um, and then this compares over the same period of time to the beginning of the war in 2001 or 2002, uh, 3,483 civilians killed. Evidently, this is so bad, uh, they got you know old vehicles that are burning, electrical generators, uh, coal, garbage, plastic, and rubber. Is this a real serious issue right now? It is, um, and anybody who's been in Kabul, in particular in the winter, when people burn sort of whatever they have uh, at hand to uh, to stay warm, as well as the other factors that you mentioned, the, the personal generators and old cars, um, and then the geography of Kabul, which is surrounded by sort of low hills, which means that whatever smog is produced sits there, and you notice it uh, when you're sort of living there through the winter, um, and uh, it, it, it's it's it it is. Uh, a, a problem is a more invisible problem than sort of Taliban attacks or something like that. But I think it's a real uh, understated problem, um, that health issue, as well as the, the mental health and the trauma issue. Yeah. I, and I asked that question in part because local issues often matter as much as some of the global, global or, or issues that you don't necessarily see, although the Taliban is a part of the t- fabric. So it's not like you don't see that playing out in the elections. But I was just curious about that. Yeah, uh, way sure forward, it's, yeah, part of the malaise. Way forward on this, uh, is the United States appropriately involved? We mentioned Ambassador Khalizad. I, I wonder if there's more the U.S. should be or could be doing. I think a lot of that depends now on on whether or not uh, President Trump will go back to uh, the negotiations with the with the Taliban, um, and whether and his his reason for breaking them off. You remember the time was because just before there's supposed to be the signing ceremony uh, at Camp David, there was a car explosion in Kabul in which an American serviceman was killed. So the president said, "If the Taliban aren't interested in peace, then we're not going to continue to negotiate with them." Um, now, is this release a sign, or will it be seen as a sign that the Taliban are interested uh, in in sort of reducing violence and carrying out other measures? Maybe this could trigger a reopening of those talks or possibly signing that an agreement. And at the time, the whole, I think we discussed this the last time I was on, the whole point of the U.S. agreement with the Taliban, which is on a narrow set of issues, was that would allow the Taliban to talk to directly to the Afghan government, which is what we really want to see happening. 
I appreciate your being here. Scott, thanks for being on the show today. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Scott Smith, senior technical expert on Afghanistan at the United States Institute of Peace, often goes to Afghanistan, by the way, can give us a real good hands-on sense of what things are, are like right now on that prisoner swap and a couple of other issues. He is tweeting at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.